God bless you today. Good to see everybody in church this morning. This is the day that the Lord hath made, and we will rejoice and be glad in it. If God's been good to you, would you just clap your hands to the Lord once again today? We love you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Pastor Robbins. Thank you for allowing us to be with you again today, and it is a blessing to be here um, when it gets close to the holiday season. Things start getting hectic and busy, and um, people don't quit living for God, but, um, you know, revivals are, um, are more so before the holidays get here, so it's a blessing for us to be able to be with you today. So thank you, Brother Robbins, for extending the invitation to us today and many times in the past. Thank you for that. I honor you. And Sister Robbins, God bless you. I give you honor today. I mean, love you, Pastor and Pastor's wife. Amen. Amen. So appreciate their friendship and, and the friendship of this church and embracing our ministry over the years. Um, pray God's blessings upon you. If you have your Bible today, I'd like to direct your attention to, to the book of Judges chapter 14. Verse number eight and verse nine. I suppose I should preach a Christmas message. But, you know, if it's a message and if it's Christmas time, I guess it's a Christmas message. So it is what it is. The Bible said in Judges 14 and 8, and after a time he returned to take her, and he turned aside to see the carcass of the lion, and behold, there was a swarm of bees and honey in the carcass of the lion. And he took thereof in his hands and went on eating and came to his father and mother and gave them, and they did eat. And he told not them that he had taken the honey out of the carcass of the lion. And this is the story, or at least a portion, small portion of the story of Samson as he had slain this lion and on his return trip he went back by this slain lion after some time and there was honey in that carcass and he reached in that dead carcass and took the honey out and came home with the honey to his father and mother and gave it to them and they all enjoyed the honey. And I want to use those verses to talk to you from this subject. I want to talk about the blessing of the bees, the blessing of the bees. And I pray God will help us today. Let's ask God to have his way here. Jesus, we thank you for your goodness to us. Thank you for allowing us to be in your house. Thank you for this great church. God, every individual that's here, I pray that 
there's anybody here that needs a Holy Ghost, God, that you would fill them with your spirit. God, forgive sins. Let sins be remitted. Let chains be broken. Let lives be altered. God, we lean on you and we trust in you today. Help me to be your representative and your ambassador, God, to this great congregation of people. And we thank you for it and we praise you, Father. We lean on you and we trust you today. And everybody said in Jesus' name, you may be seated. The Bible has a little bit to say about honey. It's not a rare subject in the scripture. Honey represents, in the Bible, it represents, obviously, sweetness. It represents substance. It represents blessing. History tells us that in ancient times, honey was used for several purposes. It had value to it. Honey was used as currency. It was used to barter, to buy, to trade in ancient times. So that tells us it has value to it. History also tells us that in times gone by that in Egypt, people would use honey to pay their taxes. Um, I wouldn't suggest that. Come spring. If you send the IRS a quart of honey and tell them this will satisfy my taxes, let me know how that turns out for you. But also, as we know, honey is one of the edible goods that really doesn't spoil. They tell us honey will last. It'll outlast you. There are records that say when they discovered the tomb of King Tut, and they opened his tomb. He had multiple jars of honey in his tomb. His tomb was 3,000 years old when they discovered it. And they opened the honey and tasted it. And they said it was sweet and good. Honey's 25 times sweeter than table sugar. And it's, as I said, spoken often in the Bible. The Bible said in Psalms 19 and 9, The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever, and the judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. More to be desired are they than gold. Yea, they are much than much fine gold, sweeter also than honey and the honeycomb. Psalms 119 and 103, how sweet are thy words unto my taste. 
yea, sweeter than honey to my mouth. So it represents in the Bible blessing, sweetness, value, substance. The text I read to you, as I've already mentioned, Samson had slain a lion. He really slew this lion in a place he really wasn't supposed to be. And he left that dead carcass there in that vineyard and went on his way. And sometime later, as he returned, he thought to check on that carcass and he went and there a swarm of beeves had come in and taken over that carcass and there was honey in the carcass of that lion. And he took thereof in his hand and went on eating. He came to his father and mother and he gave it to them and they did eat. He didn't tell them that he had taken the honey out of the carcass of the lion. And it's really indicative in a lot of ways of how things turn out to a large degree. Here at the end of these two verses, he's at home eating honey. His dad's eating honey. His mom's eating honey. But nobody knew where the honey came from. Nobody knew where the blessing came from. Everybody's sitting around the table enjoying it. But nobody knew what somebody had to go through to get the honey. Everybody wants the honey, but nobody wants to deal with the bees to get the honey. But if you're going to get the honey, somebody's going to have to deal with the bees. Because you're not going to get it without it. You may get to enjoy the honey, but guaranteed somewhere, somebody is going to have to deal with some bees. Does that make sense? If I may, I have dealt with bees before, not voluntarily, but involuntarily. I suppose like most of you have from time to time. You you don't just walk up and pet bees. But there are those that have learned the trade. And I certainly don't know anything about it. But there are those that have learned the trade of keeping the bees. And in some respects... To get the honey, you can either fight them or you can keep them. 
But you, to get the honey, you're either going to have to learn how to keep them or learn how to fight them. But you're going to have to deal with them one way or another. So before I get to fighting the bees, we'll talk about keeping the bees. Because if you're going to get honey, you're going to have to keep the bees. And there's a lot of bees in the Bible. The Bible said in 1 Peter 1.16, be ye holy, for I am holy. And if you want the honey, you got to keep the bees. 1 Peter 3 and 8 said, finally, be ye all of one mind, having compassion one of another. Love as brethren, be pitiful and be courteous. And if you want the honey, you're going to have to keep the bees. First Peter 4 and 7, but the end of all things is at hand. Be ye therefore sober and watch unto prayer. And if you want the honey, you're going to have to learn to keep the bees. James said, but be ye doers of the word and not hearers only. Amen. So if I want the honey, I'm going to have to learn how to be a doer of the word. Everybody wants the honey, but if you really want the honey, you're going to have to learn. Somebody's going to have to keep the bees. James said, be ye also patient, establish your hearts for the coming of the Lord draweth nigh. The Bible said, and let the peace of God rule in your hearts to the which also ye are called in one body and be ye thankful. Amen. The Bible said in Ephesians 5 and 1, be ye therefore followers of God as dear children. The Bible said in 2 Corinthians 6 and 17, wherefore come out from among them and be ye separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing. Everybody wants the blessing. Everybody wants the sweetness. Everybody wants the goodness. But if you're really going to get the honey, somebody's going to have to keep the bees. Amen. 1 Corinthians 15 and 18, therefore, my beloved, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. If you want the honey, be steadfast, be unmovable, put your shoulder to the wheel in the work of God, and you will get the blessing of the beast. Somebody said amen. So, there's a lot of bees in the Bible. More than just those that buzz and fly around. But either way, we have to deal with them. At least 16 times in the Bible. in the Old Testament and referred to in the New. The Bible talks about a land that God's going to give his people. And many times over it's described and referred to as a land that flows 
with milk and honey. It's a land of blessing. It's a land of substance. It's a land of sweetness, goodness. Everybody wants to be and live in the land that flows with milk and honey. But brother, if you got a land with a lot of honey, everybody may not talk about it, but you got a land with a lot of bees too. And if you're enjoying the flowing of the honey, somebody is dealing with the bees somewhere. Somebody is, is dealing with the bees somewhere. Amen. I, uh, I, uh, I've referred to this already, and I hope I'm making sense on my Christmas message here today. But I remember some years ago, I was staying in my grandmother's house, and I was just in the yard playing, and I jumped on a flower bed and just kind of playing as kids do in the bushes. And, and somehow, I stirred up some bees. And brother... When I tell you, I got emotional. And, and I'm pretty laid back. You, I've been here enough. You know me when we talk and, you know, fellowship. I'm pretty laid back. But, brother, when you start dealing with bees, you're no longer laid back. You're no longer just walking around at your own pace telling everybody, yeah, I got some bees in my shirt. They've got my pants and buzzing around my ear. And No, you know better than that. When you start dealing with bees, and like I did that day, brother, they, I don't know what happened, but I remember them getting down my shirt, getting in my pants, and I was running through the yard shedding clothes like it was nobody's business. I was hooping and hollering and running and flailing my arms because the bees were after me. Amen. And sometimes to get the honey, you're going to have to go through things that are going to be emotional and you're going to get stung and it's going to be hard and it's going to be painful and it's going to, it's going to cost you something sometimes and it may leave some whips and it may leave some scars and you're always going to remember it. But from those things in life, God said, I can turn that into a blessing and I can give you goodness and I can give you sweetness and I can give you blessing blessings from the hardship and from the troubles of life. Hallelujah. Somebody shout hallelujah. The Bible said in Romans 8 and 28, and we know that all things work together for good to them that love God and to them who are called according to his purpose. God can take everything in your life, everything that stings you, everything that seems to hurt, every emotional thing that may be going on in your life, and he can say, I can turn that and I can bring some honey out of it. I can bring some goodness out of it. I can bring something great out of that, hallelujah. 
We all got things in our life uh, that we can look back over, and when we think about them, uh, they're emotional, they hurt, uh, they sting, uh, we don't really desire them. Uh, there are bees in our life uh, that are swarming around, uh, but God is saying today, uh, there's a blessing in the bees uh, because I can take it and I can turn it around uh, and I can bring honey out of that carcass. Hallelujah. We all got those dead carcasses in our life that we go back to every now and then, and they stink, and they're putrid, and we don't like to be around them. But if you turn it over to God, and if you give it to Jesus Christ, he can take every one of those dilemmas, and he can bring a blessing out of those things. Somebody said amen. So after a time, he returned. Samson did. And he turned aside to see this carcass. Behold, there was a swarm of bees. And he took thereof in his hand that honey and went on eating and came to his father and mother and gave to them. They did eat. He told them not. Maybe there were some multiple reasons for telling. But there's people here today. You're here. And everybody don't know how you got here. But you're here enjoying the honey. And everybody don't know the dead carcasses in your life. And everybody don't know the stings you've had to endure. And everybody don't know the hurt you've had to face. You haven't broadcast it to everybody, but you're here in the house of God and you clap your hands and you lift your hands to God and you don't broadcast everything that's going on in your life, but you're here. Hallelujah. Matter of fact, the truth of the matter is we all got those things somewhere in our life that we can point to. But if you've walked in today and you feel like you're the odd man or the odd woman out and you don't belong because you got a dead carcass, you're fighting bees in your life. You're getting stung everywhere. I want you to know we've all had to deal with that. And we've all faced that in life. But if you give it to God, he can use it and he can give you blessing and sweetness and goodness out of those situations. Let's all clap our hands to the Lord together. Come on, does anybody still? God can take a life and he can turn it around and he can put his hand on it and he can deliver and he can heal and he can bless and he can do great things out of those lives. Somebody shout yes. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Amen. So I have to learn myself. We all have to learn. Not to let those undesirable situations in life be the end result. But sometimes you got to be like Samson. You got to reach past all of those undesirable things in life, and you got to let God help you to get the good out of it. Because if you turn it to God, God can bring some good out of anything. 
Anybody believe God can bring some good out of anything? I'm not saying everything is good because we do some stuff that is not good in life. We make bad decisions, bad choices, things, that, and it ain't all God's fault. None of it's God's fault. But sometimes we got situations that in and of themselves are not good. But if you can turn them to God, God can send some bees and they can start buzzing around. And all of a sudden you get uncomfortable and you start getting stung. But if you hold on, brother, and if you'll let God work in your life, God can bring something good. God can bring something great. God can send some blessing through that. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I, uh, this part may be my Christmas message. Yeah, let's see. <laughs> you know, the Bible tells us that David was a man after God's own heart. But David didn't do everything after God's own heart. Every decision David made was not after God's own heart. Matter of fact, David made some dumb decisions, horrible decisions, decisions no doubt he wished he could undo and redo them. You don't have that luxury in life. Can't go back and do life again. You gotta, you gotta go forward instead of go backwards. God never designed us to go back. He only designed us to go forwards. So you can't go back, but the Bible still says he's a man after God's own heart. One horrible decision that David made was he got involved with a lady that already had a husband and they ended up having a child and he ended up not only doing that but he ended up having her husband killed and he thinks everything's fine all of a sudden God sends some bees. And this prophet walks up. And his name's Nathan. And the prophet tells him a story about a man that has a bunch of sheep and lambs. And and one man had one lamb. And he took that one lamb and he killed that even though he had a bunch himself. And what what should be done to that? He ought to he ought to be killed. Harshest penalty to that man. He already had plenty of them himself. And the prophet looked at him and he said, David, thou art the man. Brother, don't you know that stung? Don't you know that hurt? Don't you know that was emotional? But there's blessings in that. From there, David turned his life around. The child died, but David, Bathsheba, had another son, and his name was Solomon. 
Solomon, as we know, was one of the wisest men in the Bible. David had another son. And this is interesting to me. Because the man that walked up to him and said, you're the man. David didn't get his heart right. He's going to live the rest of his life holding things. But the prophet that walked up to him and said, you can't, I don't care if you are king, you can't get away with this. You know, David could have had the prophet killed. David could have took his life and said, you ain't nobody going to tell me what to do. But instead of killing the prophet, he invited him into his life. And David had another son, and he named him Nathan. Instead of cutting him off, I want him remembered in my family forever. Instead of doing away with it and act like it never happened, I want the blessing of that in my life. I want the honey flowing in my life. Not just to me, but I want my kids to eat of that honey. I want my grandkids to eat of that honey. And if you want to be honest, we're still eating of that honey here in 2023 of the blessings and the goodness and the sweetness of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So. So here's, here's our Christmas message, I suppose. When Jesus was born, most scholars believe <laughs> there's two accounts of the lineage of Jesus Christ in the Bible. Matthew gives one, Luke gives one. Most scholars believe that Mary's lineage, Mary's lineage went back to Nathan. Joseph's lineage went back to Solomon. So David's two kids produced the mother of Jesus and Jesus father, at least earthly. Not biological. We know that. And Joseph gets Mary and takes her down to Bethlehem because that's where the prophet said the baby was going to be born in the Old Testament. So really what you have here is you have David's faults and failures and dead carcasses in his life. But because God sent some bees to bring some honey out of it, now you have Mary and Joseph making their way down to Bethlehem to bring forth the promised child. Really what you have is Solomon's lineage and Nathan's lineage marching down said we wasn't supposed to be here but because we got a God that can bring honey out of anything 
we wasn't supposed to even exist, but because we got a God that if you give it to God, he can take a dead carcass of mistakes and failures and regrets and hang-ups and mess-ups, and he can say, it ain't over. I can send something to your life, and I can bring some blessing. I can turn it around. I can bring deliverance. I can bring salvation. I can bring hope. I can break chains. I can set you free. And if that represents you here today, if the devil's telling you, I can't get over it. I can't get through it. I can't get beyond it. I can't get past it. I want you to know God can get you over it. God can get you past it. God can get you beyond it. He can bring honey out of any dilemma in our life. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Somebody shall praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We have, I'm not going to be much longer here today, but I mentioned this earlier. Everybody here, everybody here, nobody here got here by yourself. Well, I didn't do nothing to get here. I was raised here. Okay, well, who raised you here? And how'd they get here? Well, that's my mom and dad, and they was raised here. Okay, you're validating my point now. Who raised them here? Well, that was my grandparents. How'd they get here? I don't know their story. Probably for good reason. Don't read into that. I'm just making a point here. My point is you don't know how everybody got here. Oh, well, they just come through and got the Holy Ghost. What what made them come here? What was going on in their life to make them hungry for God? What was happening in their life to say, I got to get out of this? You may not know all the dead carcasses laying around, but they were there, brother. And there's some bees swarming somewhere to get you into that place. And if you're here and you're maybe the first ones coming in, it ain't just about you. It's about the next generation and the next generation and the next generation saying, I really don't know how I got to the land flowing with milk and honey, but I'm here. And I thank God somebody dealt with the bees. Somebody had to deal with the beast to get me the honey in my life. Somebody shout praise God. If you're not going to do it for yourself, uh, do it for your children. Do it for your grandchildren. Do it for your future. Do it for eternity. Get the honey flowing in your life. Musicians, please come. Hallelujah. bees get to working they don't stop I've never heard a beekeeper say well I went down to get the honey and they was on strike never heard anybody say I went down to get the honey and they they was all on vacation they went to Branson I don't know how it all works, but when they start working, they just work, I suppose. And that's the way God works in people's lives. When he takes things that seem to be initially destructive 
And he turns them around. And he said, okay, here's what I'm going to do. I am going to make it work for me. The Bible said, and we know that all things work. Everybody say work. Together for good to them that love God and to them who are called according to his purpose. God said, if you'll start walking my way and start loving me and start living for me, I'll take everything that's been working against you and I'll put it on my payroll and I'll cause this to start working for me and for you instead of against you. How many things in the Bible that if people hadn't done it right, it would have worked against them instead of for them? How many things do we deal with in life that if we hadn't turned it to God, it would be working against us instead of be working for us? I know David made a mistake with Bathsheba. I know that. But God took that dilemma and took it out of the devil's hands and said, I'm going to put it on my payroll. And even though it's not right, it's going to work for me. And I'm going to take care of it. And brother, here we are, 2023, and it's still working. The bees are still swarming. They're still making honey. And we're here enjoying the blessings of God because God can take any dilemma and he can put his hand on it and say, now it works for me. Now it works for me. And he can take your mistakes and he can take your regrets and he can take your faults and failures if you give them to God. And he say, okay, now I'm going to send the bees and they're going to bring honey out of that. They're going to bring goodness out of that. They're going to be blessing out of that. And it's going to work for God now. Hallelujah. Job didn't want to go through what Job went through, but he did. And brother, every time I read it, I taste a little bit of honey. Wasn't good initially, but now that whole situation of Job, it works for God now. And every time I read it, I get the sweetness out of it, of what God can do. Simon Peter's faults and failures. I don't know him. No, I don't know him. I've never seen him. I'm not one of them. And he made a mistake, but he repented, turned around, and God used him. And every time I read something that Simon Peter wrote or did, I get the honey out of that. Because now all those mistakes, they work for God now. Legion, when Jesus got to Legion, his life was a wreck. He was dragging chains and fetters. His life was in a million pieces. Until Jesus showed up and he turned Legion's life around. Now when I read and I come to the end of the story and Jesus left and Legion that once was living in the tombs and the mountains and crying and cutting himself day and night and dragging shackles and chains and fetters. When Jesus finally left, the Bible said that Legion was sitting there clothed in his right mind. And I say, mm, that tastes good right there. That tastes good. Hallelujah. What's going on here? God's using all that. It works for God now. It works for God now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Jerry. 
glorious. Your daughter was dead until Jesus got there. Now honey flows from that situation. And if you're here today and you got something going on in your life and the devil said, well, it stinks and it's bad and you're not going to get over it. If you'll come turn it over to Jesus, he can put it on his payroll and he can start giving you goodness out of it. And he can turn that dilemma around. Let's stand together and let's lift our hands to Jesus here today. God, I thank you. I thank you, O Lord. I thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. I praise you, God. I praise you, Jesus. Hallelujah. God, I thank you for your spirit here. I thank you for your goodness. I thank you for your mercies. I thank you, God, that you can take any situation and you can put your hand on it. And instead of working against us, it can begin to work for us and show and tell of the goodness of God and the mercy of God and the grace of God and the blessing of the Lord in somebody's life. As they begin to sing here today, if you're here and you say, God, maybe I've got some things in my life that are less than desirable and the devil's trying to use them against me. But if you're saying that I can give them to you and you can start using those things for me, Lord, that's a no-brainer. That's an excellent trade-off. That's an excellent transaction. I'll bring it to you. And I'll give you everything the devil's trying to use against me. And you can turn it and put it on your payroll. And you can give me honey out of it. You can give my family honey out of it. You can give my children honey out of it for years to come. My grandchildren will get the blessings out of these choices and decisions that I'm making. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I want to turn it over to God. I want to turn it over to the Lord. I want to turn it over to Jesus Christ. Hallelujah, hallelujah.